Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliotheques and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by French photographer Lionel Deremy. Good morning, Lionel. Good morning, Ian. Thank you very much for joining me. We are uh, obviously here to talk about one of your zines, Tokyo Subway 1987, which was published by Café Royale Books. Um, but before we get to talking about your, your zines, your books and your work, it'd be great if you could give a, an introduction to, to your photographic background for everyone. Yeah, so I am a French photographer. Uh, I'm 62 years old. I've been a photographer since... Uh, I started taking pictures when I was 17 and I've been a, you could say, a professional photographer uh, for 40 odd years. Uh, yep. I never did any other kind of job for uh, just in 82, I was a waiter for a month or two. Yep. Um, but I've always been a photographer. I started, my interest was uh, very early on, my interest was with black and white photographers uh black and white people working in black and white robert frank william klein joseph kudelka and those were my um, main uh, attraction if you yep. wish and um yeah and i didn't i took pictures very quickly uh, black and white in streets if i could but uh i started as a professional photographer um in rally shooting rally car rallies cool yeah so uh, i did that for a few years and um which taught me not to take too many pictures because you know you, a car was your zoom <laughs> and that was one picture <laughs> so you'd end up a weekend with uh, three or six films you know yeah. not, not many so i'm not a prolific photographer uh, which i sometimes regret uh, you know not having shot more but um yeah, and after that, I, what I wanted to do was to live in the biggest cities of the world. That was a childhood uh, dream, cool. okay. which I, I think I partly fulfilled. Yeah. And uh, I've lived in New York, in Tokyo, in Beijing, London, and, uh, and uh, in Brussels. Uh, and I'm from Paris, so I lived in Paris. So, yeah, so... Basically, yeah, I, that's sorry, and I've been in London for ten years. And uh, excellent, yeah. You've all, you you clearly have lived in some of the biggest cities in the world. There's no doubt about that. Um, when you mention those names, but certainly the 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 zine of yours, which I recently picked up from Taffarel Books, was a uh, Tokyo Subway nineteen. 1987 I think it is um, and yeah. I, I personally have a, a huge love of Japan I've been fortunate enough to have been there many many times it is an enormous city as as you know only too well so um, it was it was great to uh, to get a copy of your of your book because it really just took me back to the experiences yeah. of of getting on the subway subway yeah. station which, which is utterly unique in Japan it is unique and uh, even for a uh, a Parisian, or, and when I arrived there, I'd already lived in New York and London, and yeah. but still uh, taking the tube, well, the subway in the morning in Tokyo remained uh, uh, an experience. You know, in the in, in the very beginning, you wouldn't be too careful about at what time you would yeah. start taking the subway, but very quickly you learned uh, to avoid uh, rush hour yeah. if you could. Because I, I still remember uh, being already 
you know, very, 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 very busy cars. And then you'd see people waiting on the platform and you'd think there's no way these people can get in. And they do. <laughs> and, and, and the next station, again. More people. Uh, is, more people. I mean, just wondered how that was possible. And uh, yeah. anyway, it was quite an experience. Yeah, Not yeah, sure well, it's the greatest experience on earth, but you know, that's, that was one thing, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I remember from some of my, my trips to, J- to Japan and Tokyo, just actually standing on the platform, not getting on the subway, not getting on any of the trains, just to watch the experience of seeing everyone being pushed on with the whiteboards. Yeah. And it, it is, it's quite incredible. Everyone literally gets on, on the train and it goes off and you do wonder, where, where, is, the, where is the space? And people are quite kind to each other. I mean, yeah. you end up you know, squashed against people in a way that wouldn't be possible at all in any other place yeah. in the world. And um, <clears throat> once you've been through that, uh, you kind of put up with any kind of uh, busy transportation. I mean, the, recently I was in, well, a while ago in Mexico City and it's as bad in some cars, yeah. you know, in, on the train. Yeah, and it's it's very very different from the subway we have here in Glasgow, which is two lines and it's a circle. Yeah, one, one goes in one direction, the other goes in the other direction. Uh, the Clockwork Orange, albeit uh, Glasgow is the third old subway in the world, so it's been around a long for a long time and it's never been expanded or changed compared to Tokyo, London, which continuously grow arms and legs yes. um, and all it, over the it place. It does look like a toy toy subway in, it in does. Glasgow. There's a, there's a line, don't know exactly, don't know it very well, but I remember being surprised by the how small it was. Yes, four, 14 stops. And how, how did you find your time in Tokyo and, and what drew you to photographing the subway? Well, um, I went to Tokyo in 87. I took many years to prepare uh, before I went. Yeah. Um, Japan was in the 70s, uh, right after the Vietnam War uh, finished in 75. Lots of journalists who had spent their life, lives in Asia yep. uh, moved to Tokyo. And at the same time, Tokyo was becoming the next big story yeah. with all these new tech companies and all these names we had we hadn't heard of, but which became household uh, names. names very quickly, like Panasonic, Hitachi, and <clears throat> yeah. Canon, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so I thought, you know, I should be there as a photographer. And so I started to think about it, I think, in 83 or 84. And it took me up until 87 to, to move there. And... Um, it was a great time, and also it was pre, uh, pre-digital photography, no email, yeah. very difficult to get in touch. So I was, I think, one of the few French photographers there. You know, there were maybe two or three of us, and I was definitely the ones working most with uh, French press. Yeah. And, um, no, it was, a, it was an extraordinary time. And I started to take pictures because I carried my camera everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I started to take pictures. But it's only recently that I looked at them again. <laughs> and, uh, and it's Craig Atkinson. Yes. I, 
you know, I salute. I don't know if that's a proper English expression to say, you know, but uh, he, he's a great guy and uh, for what he's doing with Cafe Royal Books, which is simply incredible. Absolutely. And, uh, thanks to him, the pictures resurfaced and got a second lease of life. Yeah, absolutely. I th- yeah, I, I love Cafe Royal Books. I have many, many books from all of all over the, the country, the, not just the UK, but across mm. the world as well. And I think it's it's wonderful to to see uh, collections of work, bodies of work that date back to sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, all mm. all coming to the forefront again. And, and as you say, being given a second airing. And I think the format works so well. So, did you approach Craig, or did he approach you? How how did the the book idea come about? Well, no, I, I, I approached him because, yep. you know, he, he didn't know me. Um, and I approached him, I think, three years ago with my London pictures, yes. which I, had, I shot uh, in 1982 when I spent my first year in the UK. Yep. And in those days, I was living in uh, Greenwich. Or I was oh, living yeah. on the Blackheath, <coughs> you know, and um, I... Since I'd, I told you I was already interested in uh, photography, yep. uh, Robert Frank, Klein, and Kudelka, it was my, you know, Your drugs, yep. if you wish. And uh, so I started to take pictures immediately. And that's all I did, taking pictures around. And he, he, he said yes, and he published three uh, little books, three zines. Yes. You know, I was surprised because when he sent me the PDF, I thought I had to choose or to reorganize, to re-edit. He said, no, 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 it's the free books. All right, okay, super. <laughs> Great. And then he published um, another set of pictures of mine from New York yes. <clears throat> in two books, and then this Tokyo book. And there's another one coming out. I'll keep it maybe a bit under wrap, but another Absolutely. one coming out in uh, September. Very good, excellent. Yeah, I, I, I've only got your Tokyo. I've only got your Tokyo one, but I have been having a look at your your New York ones again, and a city that I I really really enjoy. And it's wonderful to see these locations from an entirely different era when they are so different from yeah. how from how they are now. Even even Tokyo, the the subway images, you can actually see some space on some of the photographs in terms of in yes. the carriage. Whereas I think if you went across now to Russia the chances of seeing an empty seat on, on, on the Tokyo subway would be slim, very, very slim. And women and children. Yes. You know, you, because otherwise you would have uh, just adults, uh, mostly men, but not only. Yep. But during the day you would have uh, women and children. And um, that was, a, I was given a commission to photograph children because in fact I had arrived with a set of, I had arrived in, in Japan with a set of, uh, I realized in 82 that I had photographed a lot of children. You know, you don't see children much on the streets anymore. Yeah. And uh, I had photographed lots of children playing or being out there. Yeah. And uh, somebody asked me to do the same in Tokyo. That's why you have some pictures which are not taken at rush hour. Yes. And which have children in it. And uh, there are two very nice pictures. I think with one with his little boy with, with his shoes off. And um, <clears throat> reading, reading like his mom. And, yes, um, it's a vertical picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, 
it's it's great. Also, it just also reminds me very much of the the Japanese culture of the the white collars working until working until the bitter end, and then traveling home in the train when they yeah. are when they are absolute like at ten o'clock at night once they've done like a full day's work. They're going home for basically a few and, and hours. They've, they've drunk a, a lot sometimes. Uh, but they, yes, indeed, they have drunk a lot. I've sat in, remember sitting in, in one of the restaurants in Yakitori Alley, and I think uh, this was back in 2005, so we were probably about the only Westerners there. We couldn't speak a word of Japanese, couldn't understand anything on the menu. We were eating, and all the, the workers came in and progressively got drunker and drunker and drunker as the night went on. And it's, it's quite an experience to sit and watch as they then all pile back on the subway to, to go back home again yeah i'm not, I'm not sure if we do it still if we still do it if we still yep. drink as much as we used to i don't know if that might have changed yeah uh, but uh, that's for sure in 87 there was a lot of alcohol consumed <laughs> and uh, let's start with beer then move on to to cognac and yep. uh quite quite something yeah but and but it's a it's a wonderful city for for me the culture is is incredible and as you say they are they're they're so friendly towards each other and they're friendly i I find them very friendly there's a very strict social order which helps keep things everybody in line in fact yeah and uh it's true that it's you know it's uh, from from an outsider's point of view it's quite nice uh i'm not so sure you know from the japanese it might be a bit uh Yes, restrictive. Yeah, you know, and and you obviously travelled extensively across Asia as well. How how do you find the the other countries across there compare? And well, I haven't I have travelled, but I yep. haven't travelled that much. Uh, I didn't travel much on assignment. Yeah, uh, except when I was in China and I okay. was uh, travelling to a lot of countries, but only for a week and. Uh, so I don't know Asia that well. I've never been to Vietnam. I've never been to Cambodia. Uh, I've been only, I've been, I don't know Thailand. I've been to Bangkok for a yep. week or so. So I'm not a, I don't know Asia that well. Yeah. Just to, you know. Yeah. And um, so I can't answer. I know, I know Japan is very unique. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know China is also completely unique uh, in many respects. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't talk about life in, in yeah. other places. And how, how did you feel Tokyo compared to the likes of New York? Because obviously you were in those, in those cities around us, okay, maybe in the same decade, certainly. How, how, how was the feel of, of those cities at, at that time? Well, New York, I was there in, for a few months uh, in 1980, I went to uh, ICP, and uh, which yep. at the time wasn't well known at all. And um, so I went to ICP, and uh, New York was for me. I was really out of just out of uh, the lycée, you know. Okay. So it was I was really uh, young, wet behind the ears, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a, it was a different. It was a dangerous time, also 1980 yes. in New York. Yeah, different. We were told, you know, don't go to the Bronx, don't do this, don't do that. So I didn't go out of Manhattan. And yes. to be um, truthfully, I mean, you don't want to go out of, out of it because there's so much to see. You know, yeah. there was there was also so much to see, so much to photograph. Every street corner, every is just. Uh, I think it remains. New York remains visually for me the most uh, alluring on. Uh, 
attracting city. Yeah. You know, there's it, so much, it's hard to miss a picture. You could shoot 20, 10 films a day, you know, yeah, like absolutely. some people do, you know. And, uh, and you do see now re- reappear on the market a lot of uh, black and white work from the 80s, yeah. and, uh, which makes you realize how many uh, photographers there were in those days shooting being out there and shooting street photography you know and uh, a camera and a few films in your pocket and that was it yeah absolutely i i agree with you i think new york is a fascinating city one that's always ever changing i can imagine back in back in the 80s it must have been quite a quite a different environment and experience from what it is now probably a bit rougher yes yeah and i was living on 92nd street and broadway so up Upper West Side, uh, on the way to uh, to Harlem and, yep. to, and to Columbia University, which is you know up there, and um, so yeah, I had absolutely wonderful time just walking the streets and shooting, and uh, that was it. And, and yeah. then I crossed; I took a bus to Los Angeles. Yeah, at some point. Cool. Yeah, and when when it when it's when you've come to select the images for your your books with the yeah. with Craig, how did how did you approach it? Obviously, I would imagine you had a lot of photographs to choose from, and I think you're looking at generally at about 30, 40 pages in, yeah. in them. So, so how 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 did you select the, the images that you wanted to tell the story that you you were telling? Well, you you can see that it's each picture stands on stands on yes. its own, really. Um, and um, I am not. I try not to be in love with my work. And to be as uh, to keep a critical eye uh, always, and um, so that helps, I suppose, if you're not too much in love with your work. And yep. um, I've I've set some very high standards, and <laughs> I basically I think I know where I where I stand, yep. you know. But then you look at uh, Klein or Frank or you know others. And uh, so, yeah, don't don't be kind to yourself. Don't be, you know, don't be cool, you know, and then let and let people edit for you. So I might throw in a few pictures and I see what Craig says, you know. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and surprisingly, uh, some pictures I didn't think would make the cut. They make it. And then. I was with somebody uh, recently who looked at the London books and one picture, she said, oh, you know, it, it reminds me of this and that. And not being from London, that didn't remind me of anything of, you know, apart from having taken that picture. But for some other people, of course, it, it yeah. brings memories. And um, that is difficult to judge uh, when you're shooting. You know? Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you can only focus on your own memories and your own emotional yeah. connection at the time. Whereas, I, as you say, someone can, can see a particular image and it brings back a very specific memory and experience for them. And and, and for me, in terms of your, the, the Tokyo, it's I love the combination of the photographs, not just in the in the carriages themselves, but for the ones where you're standing on the platform shooting into, into the carriage, yeah. because it's just very symbiotic of of what Tokyo subway is like and and the people who are 
who are kind of like lying around on the platform platform edges after a hard day's work and and these are the things that all create an emotional connection and I think I think it's also as you say when you throw in a couple of other pictures for Craig and or whoever it is who's looking at your work to see how they react because yeah they, they will see someone looking at your work for the first time sees it in an entirely different way. Well, I realized that very early on when I was shooting uh, for Rally and uh, the drivers would see things you hadn't seen, you know, yeah. and you weren't to, you know, the, a good picture was probably if the car was, you know, a meter high above, uh, above <laughs> the road, yes. which happened. And, uh, but then sometimes they would see something completely different, you know, to do with suspension and things like that. And, yeah. and having worked in, co- in the corporate world, uh, that's what happens is the, the people you work for will see things, details that you wouldn't, you know, of course, if they would pass you by, these yes. details would, you wouldn't know. But, well, now I know, you yeah. know, but uh, that there are details that you don't know about that the, the client, if you wish, or the people, the person who's looking at the picture will notice. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's an interesting point, as you say, that when, you, when you're photographing ra- rallies, you think you've got a split second to take the photograph, and yet someone who's driving it has got a split second to make a decision in terms of whether they're turning that, yeah. the steering wheel left or to the right, at which point they can end up in the ditch. It's, it must have been quite an experience to go from shooting rally to shooting street photography. Well, um we were when we were shooting rallies. We were working. I was working with somebody. I was an employee. Yes. Uh, uh, we were selling the pictures to the the drivers and okay. the teams. And, okay. Uh, and then very quickly, I thought there was something more int- uh, as interesting as this. That was the life around. You know the the yeah. mechanics. And, yes. Uh, so I started to do a lot of this. And uh, well, I arrived shooting rallies with already my knowledge of uh, uh, of what I liked. Of you know, I already knew Robert Frank and, and yeah, like yeah, so, but, yeah. As you say, shooting, shooting actually instead of just shooting, instead of shooting the car, shooting behind the scenes of all the people and the personalities that that go yeah. into go into a, a fascinating world as well. Um, it's definitely one thing that got me into photography. Go behind the scene. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It shows an entirely different world that many of us don't actually experience or ever see. Mm. And have you are you enjoying reviewing and looking back through your your images? Because as you say, it's it's your your Londons were like 1980, 82, your New York one yeah. as well. It must be quite fascinating and such an enjoyable experience to look back through for it's 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 still work and like yes. lots of photographers, the, the lockdown uh, helped. Yes. Uh, even though I, I first submitted my images to Cafe Royal Book before uh, yep. the COVID experience, but um, yeah, I am. It's work to look through old pictures. It's work. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's it's not a such a pleasure thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I get that. I suppose. I, yeah, that that's that's the different perspective when it, when it's the day job. It's it's the job when I suppose for me, photography is a hobby. It's why well, I could choose to do other things, and it's it's something yeah. I enjoy doing. But but at the same time, for 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 likes of myself, I was only born in the early in eighty one, so I was only born as you were taking most of these pictures. 
it's yes. a wonderful it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to experience and see this this era because otherwise it, it would potentially go un, unpassed and it, it's yeah. wonderful to be able to document and capture these moments in time and uh, you might one might wonder about uh, what's going on now when it's it's a bit more difficult to shoot in the streets yes um, because you think oh i'm gonna get into trouble you know yeah, photographing children doing anything in, in, in the subway or I mean, forget it. Uh, mm. Even in schools, you know, we used to be, now it's very difficult to shoot in schools, you know, yeah. because you've got to ask you know, permission from lots of people. And um, not only that, but yeah, shooting in the streets has become a bit more controversial and um, you can get into trouble or into author's rights because of a building. There's yes. always a poster, uh, which, you know, yeah. so the, the world, has, world has become a lot more litigious. And um, so you just wonder what will happen in 30, 40 years, what will remain, you know? Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see, in, as you say, in 30, 40 years' time, when we're looking back on images yeah. that have been shot around this era, how will they be? How will they be presented, and and how how will it vary in terms of if you look back to what these what major cities were like back in the eighties, and and how they have progressed now and changed, and how world and society in general has changed. Hello, we'll we'll have we'll have pictures, of yeah, course, absolutely. But uh, what I wonder is that uh, if the younger photographers will have concentrated on shooting this type of thing, you yeah. know, and uh, we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll see. It's a. I think there's always people out there who are shooting this. That, that's one thing I love, as we were talking beforehand. It's it's not a style of photography. I I shoot myself, but it's a, it's it's it's. I get just as much pleasure and joy and, and enjoyment from looking back through the works. I think it's it's wonderful yeah. to see it. And there's photographers in Glasgow who have done similar things, documenting the 60s and 70s, particularly around the area I stay, which was very much deprived and it's all been redeveloped but it's wonderful to look back through these images and just see how yeah. people lived and how people went about and how things have changed in reality not that long a time period that's the thing you're not going back 100 years to see how impoverished no. people were you're going back 40 or 50 years and um, it's, um, it's all it's all quite fascinating yeah but i still shoot i still yes. shoot i still carry my Leica around yeah, and uh, with black and white, but I shoot a lot less, and uh, and, and uh, do I still you, shoot. Do you, do you focus? Is your primary interest in black and white, or do you, I know you shoot color as well? But where what's where's where's your where does your real passion lie? Black and white. Well, yeah. Well, it's not so much passion. It's uh, the camera is smaller. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and of course, I could I could shoot black and white in digital. But yes. it's a it's a big camera to carry around, and everybody can see you from coming from a mile, yep. you know, from a mile away. And so you just don't want uh, the the Leica is really nice for this because it's small, it doesn't make much noise, and uh, the lens is small. And uh, yeah. so that's one thing. Uh, it's certainly, and also I like the feel of the film. I like the contact sheets. Yeah. And uh, the the exchange with I'm not processing myself these days. Yeah. So I work I work with different people, and uh, you still have a relationship with a printer. You know. Yeah. So I find that very nice. 
Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, a lovely experience as well. And yeah, as you say, it's the it's the it's the human contact element as well that I think is always an enjoyable part of the photography. Yeah, and uh, we've we've lost a little a little bit of that. Well, I might sound you know like there are hardly any shops now where you can go and talk yeah. to people because there's so many cameras. You know, there's yes, no way. There's no way so somebody can know everything about every camera. The cameras Absolutely. are just so complicated. So yeah, you know. Yeah. So I just carry on with the cameras I have, which is a uh, Leica M6 and a Nikon, and I have a Panasonic when I shoot a video. Very good, cool, excellent. It's stuff. kind of a new new development for me, but yep. I'm enjoying very much. Are you enjoying shooting the video as as an entirely different kind of like medium? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like it because it's a, a you, I recently worked on a documentary for a French TV channel. I was lucky to be part of it. And uh, you work with teams. There was a director, a sound yep. engineer, a, an assi- a production assistant, and a producer. I mean, it's, you know, it's a whole different. Different, different so kettle of fish, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit like in the old days when you would, could go to a magazine and speak to uh, feature yep. editors you know which yeah. you don't really do these days you know? yeah yeah it's, it's always good it's uh, it's fascinating to see how the world is changing with the invention of yeah far more digital all the drones that create far incredible footage that people can can take relatively easily themselves but there's still something absolutely beautiful about the about the still image that yeah. you just you just can't replace no no and of course the, 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 i did video back in 93 already yeah and uh, but the problem i found you know is was that you might have some really nice images that would uh, stay on the uh, cutting room floor yeah you know and nobody would see them ever again yeah when with photography you can extract a beautiful picture out of a story yes and uh, a picture which has nothing to do with the story but can remain stand on its own and um i like that Absolutely. Well, as, as, as one thing I'm always really interested to hear and I've enjoyed hearing from all my guests so far are some of your favourite photo book zines from your own collection. So it'd be wonderful if you could share a selection of your books with yeah. us, Lionel. Absolutely. It's, it's always really interesting to see how what inspires different people. Yeah. Um, the first one that I was drawn to was this book called uh, Faces of Japan by uh, Bob Davis, an Australian photographer, who is not dead as far as I know. He was based in Hong Kong, but it was a book about Japan, black and white, street photography, absolutely lovely work, Cool um, work from the 80s. Uh, You still find the book uh, quite easily. Can you give me just a minute? Yeah, Um, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Take the books just to remind me of the ones I've prepared. Yeah, definitely. You want to have a look? Oh, the gee, that looks great. A great selection there. So, sorry, sorry about that. But so yeah, that's that's faces of Japan. That looks good. Yeah, if you like Japan. It's a lovely book, frankly. Uh, I'm sure you find it on. Yeah. 
I had bought in 1980. I bought the Americans by Robert Frank, which is yep. uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. Do not buy the one they released a few years ago, three four years ago, with outtakes. It's a uh, it's a ripoff. <laughs> and I think Frank didn't want to have uh, another book made, and he was yep. right. <laughs> so, and here is a book by a friend of mine. Uh, called The New Heartland, yeah. Looking for the American Dream by Andrew Borowiec. And uh, he's a photographer, professor of photography in Ohio at the University of Akron. Cool. And, and, uh, yeah, looks really interesting. So that's a lovely book by another friend. Uh, it's called The Door Opened, 1980s China uh, by Adrian Bradshaw, an okay. absolutely beautiful, beautiful book, beautifully uh, made, uh, all black oh, yeah. and white from the eighties. Lovely, that looks and, really nice. Uh, you can you can easily get it from him. He he lives in in the UK now after thirty years in China. Um, there's a book which is not very well known by a French photographer called Gérard Roncinon. Oh, right. It's called uh, Kings Without Kingdoms. Kings Without Kingdoms. Hmm. It's in French, but it's mostly pictures anyway. Yep. <clears throat> and it's about, he, he found all the kings who had lost their kingdoms and oh, right. who are oh. living. And uh, yeah, quite a, quite a book. And David Dubillet, who I always admired. Yeah. Uh, I always admired his work. Uh, the book's called Water Light Time. From Faden, and uh, and now some a book which is absolutely extraordinary called the Tibetans yep. by Steve Steve Lemon. Okay, oh that looks and nice. You, you find it's an extraordinary book, and the amount of work in it, and and absolutely incredible, and uh, yeah. you find it you find it easily on. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And incredible. Surprisingly, the book is, you find it for four pounds or something. Uh, my coup de coeur, as if I can say, my recent coup de coeur was that book by Fabio Ponzio, okay. Italian photographer about Eastern Europe. Right. Called Ooh. East of Nowhere. Right. East of Nowhere, Fabio Ponzio. Fantastic black and white stuff, uh, photographed over twenty years. Yeah, lovely. Um, I know. I notice you're. I notice you're very much drawn to black and white photography. Mostly. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I like the like, so. There's the William Klein from the Aperture uh, yeah. book with Tokyo in it. Yeah. Kurilka, the Gypsies. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic work. And this book in French, it's not photography, it's about a cinematographer, one of the most well-known French cinematographer. Uh, he died a long time ago. He used to work in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, Henri Alcan. And uh, it's called Des Lumières et des Ombres. It's right. a fantastic book, and it's good for anybody interested in photography as well. Right. And, yeah, it's a fantastic book. Yeah, so I like, you know, I, Alex Webb. I love Alex Webb. Yep. 
David Allen Harvey, um, Steve McCurry. Yeah, yeah. Some um, some so wonderful some wonderful suggestions there. A few names I've not heard of. Uh, so I've I've gotten note of them all. I and I will be yeah. checking, I'll be checking them all out because some yeah. some Steve Lehman is is super. Yeah. Fabio Ponzio is fantastic. Uh, I recommend Andrew Borowiec. He, he shoots in a in a way. Uh, Adjay, the French uh, from the early 20th century. Yeah. Eugène Adjay. Uh, so the pictures are just with nobody in the pictures. It's it's shot outside, but with yeah. no people. Right. Yeah. And, some, uh, some some a wonderful selection of books there from so many different incredible locations that I'm looking forward to having a good explore around uh, around some of them I suspect I'll be buying one or two from my own bookshelf to be honest um, yeah because it's always yeah. great and I always enjoy I always enjoy hearing what other what other photographers the work and of course there's, there's mine uh, there's my book on China yes you know, which I yep. recommend also yes absolutely <laughs> for people who uh, it's it's there are not many books like that. It's the life of the Chinese. You do see the Chinese like you don't yep. do the, you don't see them uh, usually. Um, yes. So and the book is in three languages: Chinese, English, and French. That's yeah, quite quite a challenge so, to produce in three languages. Yeah. So I work. I produced it with. Uh, it was designed by Martin Collier, who's okay. a book designer in London. Yeah. And, uh, and excellent. Uh, yeah. But no. So it's, yeah. Uh, some some great books there, and it's it's lovely to hear your passion and your interest in books as well, and, 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 and other people other people's work. Um, which, yeah. which is which and is... I I can recommend another black and white, uh, and I got the 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 Cafe Royal books by Mike Habrams. Right. Uh, okay. On, on Northern Ireland. Yeah. Wonderful work. Yeah, um, I've got I've got quite. A few, I don't have any in Northern Ireland from Cafe Royal books, but I've got a big a, a fair few Cafe Royal books. Albeit it's impossible to keep up because Craig Craig yes. just publishes so many of them, and yes. it's, it's one of these things. If you start buying them all, you get into slippery slope of you just end up with hundreds and hundreds of them. But, yeah, too many, but uh, you know, it's, there's an exhibition now in Bristol at the yes, Martin Parr Foundation. Yeah, absolutely, so yeah. you, you can mention it because yeah. it's until it runs until June the twelfth. Yes, yeah, it's a huge, big exhibition with a fantastic selection of. Yeah. of and of uh, some... I'm lucky to be part of it, and it's uh, excellent. Wonderful. And yeah. it should travel. I, 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 travel. I, I totally, I totally agree. I, th- I think the work that Craig does at Caffarel Books is fantastic, and it's such a such a library and collection of yeah. of work and of incredible bodies of work that I, th- I think are just yeah so wonderful i got yeah a lot myself um, and i continue to always look i can i can always go into the website and find at least one and, and another oh, yes. one that i've not that i've not got that you just end up ordering Absolutely. and once you buy one you end up getting three or four in the same order um <laughs> but, that, but that's all that's all part of it and they're accessible that's that's the other thing i like about them is yeah. they're not because because of the format and the scale it they're they're not out with the reach of most people to be able to afford to buy one or one. Yeah, or yeah, two no, it's, it's great that they're cheap and you know. Yeah, and it's and, it's, you, have, uh, and you have, frankly, you've got pictures that people don't know, and uh, yeah. you know, you discover things, it. and it will it will speak to most uh, to most in Britain. Yeah, you know, for sure. Abs- yeah. Absolutely, I think most people can have a connection somewhere because yes. of the of the sheer variety of locations and subject yeah. matters that he covers. Everyone will be able to find something at, at least. And one. he's got many on Scotland. Yeah, indeed. Know? Yeah, I've got a lot yeah. in Glasgow and 
Uh, lots of all, all over the place, different locations, and Chris Killip's box set and things like that. Chris Killip, yeah. you see why I could have mentioned him. I mean, incredible yeah. body of work. Yeah. So beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, that, that sort of makes me want to shoot more and, and better, yeah. of course, you know, yeah. just to reach out for the stars almost, you know. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, I could have mentioned, you know, Lee Freelander or Marie Ellen Mark, yep. you know, Jean yep. Lucieff, the French photographer, the fashion <clears throat> photographer who was fantastic. You know Jean Lucieff, I suppose. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a big book here. I mean, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. That that's the thing. When you, the list is endless of uh, of people that uh, that other people should be doing. But what I enjoy about the what I enjoy about doing the podcast is that I don't miss. I can't afford to, nor do I necessarily want to buy every single book that's suggested to me. No. It, it gives me so many names to go and explore their work and and enjoy yeah. their work, even if even if it's just online or just the additional inspirations and ideas. So, uh, from that point of view, it's it's been a great experience to be able to 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 broaden my horizon and my knowledge of photographers around the good. world and spread it, spread the good word. Absolutely, and that's I think that's what other people enjoy when they listen to the podcast. It's it's hearing it's hearing all my guests talk about people who have influenced them and the photographers that they like. And if I don't buy the book, I can guarantee that someone probably will go out and find find a copy of it. I happen to have a couple of weeks head start on everyone, so if there's anything that I really want, um, I, I know what's been suggested and I can pick it up hopefully beforehand, which I'll be doing probably at some point this weekend. Okay. But thank you very much for your time, Leno. It's You're been more really, than welcome. Thank you really, very much for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. Really has been great to chat to you. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.